I'm Valerie. And I'm Imra. And we are two, two African Americans. Welcome to Two African Americans, a place for courageous conversations that heal. Today we're talking about love, and specifically how we hold boundaries and yet still continue to love. How do we forgive and remain open to love when we've been deeply hurt? Valerie shares a little bit of her own powerful story of forgiveness in this episode, and you won't want to miss it. Let's tune in now for episode nine, What's Love Got to Do With It? Let's talk about love. What's love got to do, got to do with it? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. Uh, Isn't that exactly a fabulous question? Mm. If we're we're talking about seeing one another, Mm -hmm. including other, Mm -hmm. what exactly has love got to do with it? Everything. Mm. (laughs) everything i think love is the uniter and i always kind of give this disclosure everyone knows that i'm a pastor so from time to time i'm going to bring in scripture and i think the scripture that everyone whether they are christian or non-christian know this scripture john 3 16 Mm. for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish. And so I look at that. Love is it. Love is the foundation. It is the thing that fam- that exists in families. It is the thing that holds couples together. It is the thing that unites People outside who don't know each other, they begin to get to know each other and love starts to bind them together. So love is everything. And, you know, I I have and of course, from a scriptural point of view, there's different aspects of love, different Mm -hmm. words Mm -hmm. for love. We have one, but there's but I think one that I have learned. So with my marriage to Robert E is the word respect. Mm hmm. I'll never forget early on in our marriage, I came home one day and I said, I, I want to go to the movies with my girlfriends, you know, had, you know, is that good? And he looked at me and he said, you're asking my permission to do something that you would like to do? I said, no, I'm being respectful. Maybe you had other plans for us or whatever. And he looked at me and he said, don't you ever ask me again to do something you want to do. And I said, well, what if that upsets you? He said, that is not your problem, that's mine, my emotions that I have to manage. And I I realized in the years that followed how long it took me from my Christian roots, my culture, how life had been for me, that I always thought first of the other person Mm -hmm. more than what would be asked of me, even from God at the end of the day, that I would always acquiesce for others. Mm. Yet I was still a strong person and driven and achieving things but deeply rooted I then had to learn and get the courage to stand up for do what I felt 
God asked of me to do in the world. And that's my first consideration. But equally so, I had to learn to respect him back the mm-hmm. same. Mm, yeah, I was about to say. Now, how does that work on the other side, Em? Yeah, so it, it you learn that how much we all want to control a little something, some a lot of something in our lives and to truly respect someone else, to to truly love them, you have to make room for who they are and they do not have to fit in with who you are, what you want to have ne- happen next and how you want it to have happen. It mm. is not altogether easy. Yes, you are absolutely right there. Respect is a huge part of love and in order to respect someone you do have to be willing to accept their um, I don't know their eccentricities that you know to their differences and to be okay with those things the thing about respect is though that respect also honors the other mm. So if there's something being said or done that you do not feel respected in, love steps in and says, okay, I'm willing to adjust so that respect is maintained on both sides. It, it is a very rich way to live. And I think you actually have to actively choose to change the lenses you see a situation with. Mm -hmm. So instead of coming with criticism, with self-protection, with my way, Mm -hmm. you you have to look at life a little differently, looking at people a little differently, giving room for difference. Absolutely. And there's no no space for intolerance. Mm. There's no space for my way or the highway. And I've heard Christians say, but God's word says. <laughs> and, if, yeah. and, and wasn't that one of the greatest challenges of the Israelites? Mm-hmm. Rules and regulations, if they're broken. I mean, we live that way. If the law is broken, you get punished. Mm-hmm. You go to jail. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it is a protective measure for society. But how do you hold standards and yet love? Mm. Wow, that is um, a very deep question. If you're looking in First Corinthians chapter 13, we call it the love chapter. And some of the things that the Apostle Paul speaks of about love is just, wow, they're deep. And you, you know, one of them that sometimes really gets me is when he talks about the fact that love uh, holds no memory of wrong. And I'm like, ooh, but you don't know what he did to me, Paul. (laughs) I don't know if that would ever get you, but so love is a very difficult emotion. Um, You and I have had several conversations about where we are right now in the world and how the church displays love. You want to talk a little bit about that? (laughs) Well, truly, I think it, it is that, that complex place of how God's word 
speaks. And of course, one of the greatest challenges we're having right now in this country is being trans, being gay. One of one of those LGBTQ in the church. If there's a leader that is that way, what does a church do? The word is very, very clear on how we are to live, who we are to be. And I love something that you had said. And I believe to my core, every single one of us is born a sinner. Yes. We, none of us escape judgment. None of us live perfectly to the ideal lifestyle that brings no harm to us as a person. Really, the rules are there purely for that. If you want to live well and successfully, God said, here's how to do it. Here's how you'll suffer less harm. Uh, and so in that context, if, if we have to judge one group, can we have the same conversation with the adulterer, with the liar, with the one who, who does all the other things, but it is permissible. And when we spoke, I love that we, that is where love enters. Talk to us a little bit about how do you balance those complexities? Well, first, I want to read 1 Corinthians 13. I think we have to to kind of set a little mm -hmm. tone for what God looks for. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It does not easily anger. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. And we said that because of love, God sent his only begotten son into this world for whosoever will not a particular ethnic group not for a particular uh, group of people but for the world and so we have to consider that when we start looking at you know who is in the church and what particular sin they may have because you just said it we all we're born in sin and shaping in iniquity and all of that stuff because of the fall that happened in the garden. So now what does that mean for us? God made a way for us to return to him. And so if we're looking at what love is, then when we're looking at someone who may not be living the way we think they should be living, I want to be very careful here, the way we think they should be living. And we want to pull out a rule from the Bible to say, this is what the Lord said, and you are living in sin. Stop and ask, am I doing this because... I'm self-seeking or self-serving? Am I doing this because I want someone to say I'm a good person? Why am I pointing this out? And why am I pointing it out in the way 
that I'm doing that, meaning I am now in the middle of a pride parade, burning pride flags and yelling and screaming and holding up signs. That doesn't communicate love to me. And that's why I have a really big issue with how the church is speaking on these issues, because we are speaking so loudly about what God is against, but we're not talking about what he's for. What he's for is that when Jesus himself walked on the earth, he ate and drank with sinners on a regular basis. People that we would not even give the time of day, or should I say, some people who say they are Christians would not give the time of day. But Jesus saw the value in every person. So that's what love does. Love says not looking at the sin, but at the person. I can love someone and not like what they're doing or love what they're doing, or let's go deeper and not condone what they're doing. I think that's it. People think it's one way or the other, Emma. They think if I, if I reach out to you and I spend time with you, then I'm saying everything about you is okay. And that's not true because Jesus knew. I mean, you think about Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Mm. Zacchaeus was a tax collector who took taxes and money from his own Jewish brothers. And they thought he was the scum of the earth. He was a cruel person who he himself said, I would charge people more than they really owed because he was sticking money in his pocket and not giving it all to the Romans either. So he was stealing from the Jewish brothers. He was stealing from the Romans. He was not a a good person, but Jesus looked up and said, he saw him in the tree. And he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Not a lot of Christians would do that. And so we've got to be so careful uh, that we are not pointing fingers at what God doesn't like, but that we're willing to open our hearts to what he does love, which is the person. And it becomes so real, if I may your experience with your son being murdered, mm. looking at an injustice, mm-hmm. young people that are going to suffer the consequences of that, and you having to dig yeah. deep for yeah. love, <laughs> looking at the person yeah. and seeing what they did, and life does take care of, we do wrong, it, we do harmful things to each other, to ourselves, to one another. We do suffer consequences. Mm-hmm. But can we have the mercy that God displays because he loves and sees yeah. the broken? Yeah, that was a, a very difficult situation. I mean, I'll just be very honest about it. Um, For those of you who don't know, my son, David Ramon Grimes, was murdered on January 1st, 2017. And it was a situation that he had entered in an attempt to be helpful, which is something that his mom taught him. (laughs) And 
a couple, a young couple, turned on him and he was stabbed to death. Uh, And, you know, I had a real hard time with that because he was a person of peace. He, um, we heard by many different people as he was growing up, you know, oh, David's not, he's not this person that's in this clique or this clique, but he is always trying to unite people. And that's who he was as an adult as well. Um, He was uh, the music, music minister, You know, at his church, he played for the youth choir and he played for the adult choir and the praise team and all of those things. And his life had been cut short, 27 years old. And I had some choices to make, Emma. I had some choices to make. Am I going to live the life that I preach about? Am I going to live this life that I'm asking other Christians to live, to be able to love beyond sin? You know, and the day that we stood in the courtroom and they were being sentenced, that night before had been almost torture because the Lord had spoken that I was to forgive and to publicly forgive. And so that was a difficult thing to do. But love holds no record of wrongs. And so he gave me the strength, and by he, I mean Jesus, gave me the strength to stand when the judge said, is there anything that you would like to say? And to be able to say, I want you to know that what you did was wrong and that I will never see my son get married. I will never be able to hold his children in my arms. I will never be able to see what he would become in his old age. But today, I release you. I forgive you. And I pray that you somehow will find and lead a meaningful life that will change what you have done in your past to what you're able to do with your future. And it was difficult. And there are moments now that I even, I stop and I get angry and I have to remember, Valerie, they are people made in the image of God. And so at that point, I have to then pray, Lord, this is coming into my heart and into my life right now for a reason. And I begin to call them out by name and pray for them that the Lord will bless them. So it can be done. You can love someone beyond the sin that they've committed or the sin that you think you see in them. And we can love one another in spite of differences, in spite of being other. We can learn if we choose as you did to see the humanity yes and the, to feel the touch of god through our lives to give love to those that need it desperately thank you for joining us today on two african americans 
We so appreciate your support as we delve into these sensitive topics. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast topics, please reach out to us at 2AfricanAmericans at gmail.com. Have a great day.